So today, the church around the world is celebrating the baptism of Jesus. So if you could open your Bibles at Luke chapter 3, we're going to be reading verses 21 to 23 together. And then we're going to jump through to Luke 4, verses 1 to 11. So Luke chapter 3, starting at verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, so it was thought, of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Maphat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Janai, the son of Joseph, the son of Matthias, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Esli, the son of Nagai, the son of Marth, the son of Matthias, the son of Semien, the son of Josek, the son of Jodah, the son of Joanan, the son of Rasha, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealitel, the son of Nerai, the son of Melchi, the son of Adai, the son of Kosam, the son of Elmadam, the son of Ur, the son of Joshua, the son of Eliezer, you get the picture, all the way through to verse. 38, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift up their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord. Yes, and um, thank you for those of you that are commenting along, um, particularly around the genealogy. There are a lot of words there, but it's very important, the genealogy, so I thought I'd give it um, a good go. Well, here we are. We're the first lockdown, uh, the first Sunday of lockdown 3.0, and I'm sure that most of us cannot believe that we are here again. I'm sure lots of us are asking questions like, what on earth is going on? Nothing seems particularly secure at the moment, does it? There's soaring infection rates. We've got the hope of the vaccine, and yet things have never seemed so perilous or bleak. One of the alleged beacons of world democracy have had violent protests at the heart of its very symbol of democracy this week. And then there's all of what's been going on for us as individuals as well. Lots of the things we've found security and comfort in have gone. We can't even see all of the people that we love at the moment. Now, the question that we might be asking as disciples of Jesus is this. Is there something from the life of Jesus that gives us the assurance that we can be secure in our identity, whatever it is that life 
is throwing at us, that God loves us and that our sense of identity in him will never change no matter what the circumstances are in our life around us. Well, this passage on the baptism of Jesus is just that. This is an amazing passage. And Luke gives us a glimpse right into the very heart of the Trinity. All three persons of the Trinity are intimately involved in this passage. So let's get stuck right in. We're going to look first at Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, and how Jesus was secure in affirmation. So what I want us to notice from these two verses is this. Before Jesus did any public ministry, he came to John the Baptist to be baptized. And before Jesus had done anything in his baptism, before he'd, um, before he'd taught any amount of people, before he'd engaged in any amount of public ministry, before he'd raised anybody from the dead, Jesus was affirmed by his Father in heaven before he'd done anything. Look at verse 22. You are my son, the Father speaks over Jesus, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Now, do you know that what's true for Jesus in his baptism is also true for us? Before we do anything, before we lift a finger, we're affirmed as sons or daughters of God himself. And that truth is not based on our performance. It's not based on our academic prowess. It's not based on our results at work. It's not based on how attractive we feel. It's true just because God speaks, us, speaks that truth over, it, over us. Now, isn't this the complete opposite to the way that affirmation works in the world? We're taught from a young age, aren't we, in our education system that to a certain extent, our identity rests on our results at school. We get judged all of the time at work through appraisals or whatever it might be. We're used to watching TV in which individuals are judged. You think of some of your favorite TV programs. They'll be based, a lot of them, around panels of people judging people. And that's true when it comes to my favorite TV show, Match of the Day. Most of it is just analysis of how individual players have performed. But that is not how the gospel of Jesus Christ works. Tim Keller puts it like this. Do you realize that it is only in the gospel of Jesus Christ that you get the verdict before the performance? The atheists might say that they get their self-image from being a good person. They're a good person and they hope eventually that they'll get a verdict that confirms that they are a good person. Performance leads to the verdict. For the Buddhist too, performance leads to the verdict. If you're a Muslim, performance leads to the verdict. And all of this means that every day you are in the courtroom. Every day you are on trial. And that is a problem. But in Christianity, it's the verdict that leads to the performance. Now, this is so true, isn't it? And we see that here in the baptism of Jesus. And remember, what's true for Jesus in his baptism is true for us in ours. There is nothing that I could do that would make God love me any more or any less. There's nothing that you could do that would make God love you any more or any less. If you get a pay rise at work because you've performed really well, God will not love you anymore. If you've got a result at university that you weren't expecting over the past week as you've sat exams or submitted coursework, that does not make God love you 
any less. That is not where we as disciples get our identity from. Now, for most of us, we've probably found this lockdown and this pandemic particularly hard. Perhaps you've been furloughed or you've lost your job. Perhaps you've changed your job. Perhaps you think that you've done a bad job homeschooling your children this week. Does that define you? Well, very clearly in the Bible today, we see that no, that does not define you. The only thing that defines you is the affirmation of our heavenly Father. And God speaks over you today. You are my child whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Perhaps this lockdown is a fresh invitation for us to hear those words spoken over us again. Do you know that wherever it is that you're joining us from today, if you're in Christ, the truth is that you've been knitted together by Jesus. You're held together by Jesus. You're affirmed by the Father in heaven and you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's true for you right now. So we're secure in the affirmation of the Father. The second thing that we see in Jesus' baptism is that we're secure in relationships. Now, I think one of the things that lockdown has really highlighted is, is the importance of relationships. And we've seen this consistently since March. Relationships that were thriving before lockdown have often thrived in lockdown when people have had to just spend time with the people that they live with, be they housemates, parents, children, spouses, whoever it is. But relationships that were struggling before lockdown, if you've had to live with those people, have most of the time continued to struggle as you've had to spend time just with those people. I don't know if you cast your mind back to May, you may remember reports coming out of Wuhan in China when their lockdown ended. There was a flood of proposals and engagements and couples that were living together deciding to get married. Or there were a flood of divorces being filed for. Loads and loads of couples filed for divorce the day that lockdown was ended in Wuhan. Not good. Now, one of the things we see in the baptism of Jesus is that Jesus is absolutely secure in who he is because of the relationships that exist in the persons of the Trinity. We get a beautiful insight into the Trinity at Jesus' baptism, don't we? We get this picture of the Son, Jesus, coming to be baptized. And Mark has asked the question on the, on, on the live chat, why did Jesus come to be baptized when he had never sinned? Well, this is why. Jesus came to be baptized as a picture that he would identify with our sin as he went under the water. And as he came up out of the water, it was a picture of the resurrection life that only Jesus offers. So we get this amazing picture of the Son. We get the Father speaking his affirmation over the Son, which we've just looked at. And we see the Spirit clothing the Son with power for his ministry. Now look, what we see is this. For all of time, the Father has adored the Son, who's adored the Spirit, who's adored the Father, who's adored the Spirit, who's adored the Son, who's adored the Father. And that has been going on for all of eternity. Jesus is secure in his relationships. And guess what? If you've been saved by Jesus, the same is true for you. You're caught up in that love of God. And what's more, for those of us that are saved by Jesus, we get a new family 
and it's called the church. And we're called to imitate the love of God to each other. We are family, even when we cannot be together. So if you're watching this with people who you'd consider your church family, maybe people from church, look at them right now. You are family together, even if you're not related by blood. There's a saying that I often quote from one theologian that goes like this, for Jesus, the waters of baptism are thicker than blood. As I stand here now and look at, oh, Lee's gone. As, we look at, as I look at Will and Phil and Francis, we are family. And it's these relationships that get to define us, our relationship with God and our relationships with each other. It's those things that define us, not our bank accounts, not our intellect, not our beauty, but our relationships. It's all about whose we are. Now, the third and final thing we see just as I come into land is that we can be secure in God's word. Straight after Jesus' baptism, Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he's tested for 40 days. Jesus has just been affirmed, remember, of his identity as the Son of God. And for the next 40 days, Jesus is going to hear all kinds of lies spoken over him by the devil. In fact, if you look at verses 3 and verse 9 of Luke chapter 4, look at what the devil says to Jesus. If you are the Son of God, then do X, Y, or Z. One of the devil's main strategies to undermine your identity as a child of God is to get you to ask that question. If I really am a child of God, if I really am a child of God, then why does that person at school or at university get so much more attention than me? If I really am a child of God, when I, why have I not got that pay rise or that promotion that I've been longing for? If I really am a child of God, then why don't I look... Why don't I like myself when I look in a mirror? If this was the devil's strategy for attacking Jesus, why do we think it would not be the way that he would attack us? The devil wants to attack the very heart of who you are. He wants you to doubt your God-given identity. Tim Keller put it like this, Satan does not control us with fang marks on the flesh, but with lies in the heart. So how can we overcome these attacks that do come? Well, what did Jesus do? Every single time an attack came from the devil to Jesus, notice the way that Jesus answered. In verse 4, for example, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Verse 8, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Verse 12 of Luke 4, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. What is Jesus doing every single time a lie comes his way? He grabs the Bible and quotes it back at the devil and says, here's the truth of the word of God. And it's this that defines me. Satan's uh, Jesus' response to Satan is to quote the word of God back at him. Now, church, I cannot emphasize this enough. The Bible is our main source and form of defense against the lies that we believe about ourselves and the attacks that come from the enemy. It's the word of God that defines who we are. 
not the devil, not the world. It's the word of God and the word of God alone that gets to define us. Now, if I was the devil, which I'm not, you'll be pleased to hear, but if I was, my main source of attack on Lee, for example, if I wanted to get him to doubt who he was, would, I'd try and stop him from reading the Bible. I'd say stuff like, Lee, do you know the Bible's really boring? Or I'd say you know, to Francis, Francis, do you know the Bible's just a load of nonsense? You can't trust the Bible. How could you trust a book that's 2,000 plus years old, some of it 3,000 years old? Satan wants to destroy our grip on the truth. He does not want you to read the truth of Scripture. But we must because it's the only thing that tells us who we are. Now, Jesus knew the Bible so well that he processed all of his, all of his thoughts through it. And when you know the Bible that well, nothing, nothing can get a grip on your identity that cannot be shaken because of the promises that are contained within it. So what should we do when these attacks come? What should we do to, to show that we're secure in the promises of God's word? When you hear those lies, for example, if I really am a child of God, then why don't I like the way I look? If I really am a child of God, then why can't I forgive myself for that thing that I did 10, 20 years ago? What you do is you pick up a Bible and you say, it is written that I am loved by God. It is written that God has removed my sin as far as the east is from the west. It is written. Now, I think that this is why people are hungry for God's word. I saw in the Times yesterday and in the, in the Daily Mail, one of their main headlines yesterday was that the most listened to podcast globally so far in 2021 is a Bible in a year podcast by a Roman Catholic priest called Father Mike Schmitz. It's an amazing podcast. I've been listening to it since New Year's Day. And doesn't this just show that people are hungry for God's word? Doesn't this just show that people are hungry for truth? Now, one of the things at the start of this year, I'd really encourage you to do is to get into something like that app, to listen to that podcast every day, or to use the lectionary, which is the Church of England's daily readings every day, or to use HDB's Bible in a year. Soak yourself in Scripture. Why? Because it's only God's Word that defines us. And we need that now in lockdown, now more than ever. Lockdown does not define us. Whether we've been furloughed or not does not define us. Whether we've been given that pay rise we've been longing for or not does not define us. Whether we like ourselves when we look in a mirror or not does not define us. It's God and God alone that gets to define us. So we're going to go into a time of response now. And as we do, we remember this. As disciples of Jesus, we're secure in the affirmation and the affirmation that only comes from the Father. So just as Will begins to play, may you at home right now know that God speaks this over you. You are my child whom I love with you I am well pleased. May you know whatever lockdown has done to your relationships, 
whatever it's done to your home life and the people that you're isolating with or the people that you're uh, stuck at home with right now, may you know that you can be secure in relationships, the relationships that you're caught up in, in the very heart of God and in the family of God, the church. And may you be secure in God's word and in his word.